So today, it's going to be a great episode. We got like 500 new sound bites. We like should say, well, I have to say, this is very weird for me because we're in my old house. Mm. This I grew up in this house until I was like 19. And we're in the studio that my dad built. And then we had to move away. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Years and years later, someone from the church bought the house. <coughs> And lo and behold, here we are recording out of the studio. Yeah, we used to world. record in a church basement, and now we're in a studio. Sick. Moving on up. Sick. Hashtag in the stew. In the stew. Anyway, good morning, everybody. As always, I'm Nick. I'm here with Ryan and Mark. Hey yo. What's hey yo. And this is Bible Dingers. As you guys know, this episode we're talking about First and Second Samuel. But, you know, I was online and I was like searching up things to talk about. And I came across these churches that have super weird names. Um, And I'm just going to hit on like three of them, like (laughs) Accidental Baptist Church. (laughs) Uh, Does that mean they're accidentally Baptist or accidentally a church? (laughs) I I, I don't know, dude. Listen, listen. Whoops, whoops, I have good theology. Right. Boring Seventh-day Adventist Church. Boring, Boring seventh oh, day. Oh, I saw that. And the pastor's name is Dole. No. I think so. I bet so, the town uh, name is Boring or something like that. Maybe. So Little Hope Church. <laughs> <laughs> That's too and, much. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what if we were to create our own names that really shouldn't be church names? Mm. Come on, Ryan. Think of something, bro. What if we were to create our own church name that's not supposed to be a church name? How about (laughs) (laughs) No I can never go with my first gut Because it's always Really bad Let's do a fake news or real news instead Yeah for sure (laughs) I 100% agree with that (laughs) Alright We were supposed to start this show I was feeling something With (laughs) A Icebreaker with an icebreaker, <laughs> but apparently that didn't work out. So as always, we Ass are breaker. going to start the show with breaking news on Bible Dingers News Network. You know how we do. Good morning, good morning. As always, I'm Nick. I'm here with Ryan and Mark. Oh. And we got that obnoxious soundbite. Ryan, we have new soundbites. I got some breaking news for you. Oh, the breaking news is Daddy loves ducks. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, (laughs) Daddy loves ducks. (laughs) I love these new (laughs) soundbites. The minute I heard that, I was like, that's got to be a (laughs) soundbite. <laughs> I got some breaking news for you. Is this fake news or real news? Uh, Woman on Tinder date gets stuck in window trying to retrieve her own poop. <laughs> Come on. What? Is this fake news or real news? Why would anyone need to retrieve that? <laughs> Wait. What, what's the motivation to retrieve that? You want to read it again? Fake news or real news? Dingers, if you haven't heard. Woman on Tinder date gets stuck in window trying to retrieve her own poop. Uh, Yeah, that's real news. For sure. Real news? Yeah, for sure. Real uh, news? It's probably real. Yeah, you sure? <laughs> They're right here. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey. It's real news. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. What? (laughs) No. You better tell us. So she goes on a Tinder date. Right. And she's in the dude's house and she uses the bathroom and the toilet doesn't flush. Ooh. So she decides to throw it out the window. (laughs) What? Just to get out of the dude's toilet. And uh, I guess she felt some type of remorse. She goes to him and says... Daddy loves ducks. <laughs> that's what that's what she said. That's she goes she, she goes to him and says, I try to use the bathroom, your toilet didn't flush. 
And I don't know in this weird exchange <laughs> of words of how she eventually told him I threw it out the window. But he was like, I can't have poo out my window. Yeah. You, we're going to have to go clean it up. So on good heart, he was like, I'll help you. Put on some gloves, went to go get it. But she so happened to throw it out of a window that was like inside of another window. <laughs> what? So like, so like there was this interior window led to like a little space with an exterior window. Like there was like a interesting. It was like a like weird a, setup, mm, like a window like led a into a space that led into another window. Right. So she threw it in the space, and then she proceeded to go into the window to get the poo and it somehow shut her in what yeah it, it like locked behind her and she couldn't get out this is wild so she, they have to call the fire department and the police come is this real to get her out of this window yeah and she only went in there to get her poop what That's, this is that definitely sounds like a nightmare this is definitely a real story you guys can Google it. Is Woman it? gets stuck in window retrieving her own poop. <laughs> moral of the story, don't use Tinder. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't throw poop out the window. But mm, I don't you, know about that. You one I mean? time when I was younger, I was like 19 or 20, I moved out of my parents' house, and I was living with like five dudes. And somebody was in the bathroom, so one of the roommates went and pooped in the backyard. And then I had a home group at my house for teenagers and we were playing dodgeball or something like that and one of the girls came up to me and was like um i stepped in dog poop i was like we don't have a dog dog. (laughs) (laughs) and so that's when i i didn't know before i found out after she stepped in it like i was like where did this come from and one of the roommates was like oh yeah i pooped in the backyard wow (laughs) yeah I feel bad for her. Daddy loves dogs. <laughs> That's so confusing. If you're not looking at Ryan, you think I know. It, it sounds, sounds like, like I'm saying it right. Well, it's your voice. Daddy loves dogs. <laughs> Say it at the same time. Say it at the same time. One, two, three. Daddy loves dogs. Parker. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <coughs> Anyway, what are we talking about today, Ryan? First and second Samuel. Wait. Samuel. Wait. Oh. Ooh, I can control it now. Bible dinger. Wrong one. Listen to that uh, Cinco de Mayo song. Oh, you want to listen to Cinco de Mayo song? No. Don't test Throw me. Throw that bro. on. Throw that on. Don't test me, bro. Wow, Mark. Look at you. Don't test me, bro. I want to get the pizza pie, huh? Y'all don't know this. Cinco de Mayo. It's May. It's May. It's May de Cinco. Ugh. Out of tune. Oh. This isn't going to be released till June, but it's Cinco de Mayo today. <laughs> Bible dingers. Wow. You could tell when Ryan picks the music. Anyways, we're talking about Primero and Segundo Samuel today. Uh, oh. yeah. Wow. Yeah. The reason why we're doing first and second, you'll find out soon, but essentially... It's one book. Okay. So the earliest manuscripts do not make a division between 1st and 2nd Samuel. There's just Samuel. The Septuagint is the first copy of the Bible to divide the books into 1st and 2nd Samuel. And if you don't know what that is, we've mentioned it several times Greek. in Bible Dinger history. Greek. Yeah, it's an uh, early Greek um, copy of the Old Testament that predates Jesus and the New Testament. Mm. Septuagint also called the books 
first and second kingdoms, while the Vulgate calls them first and second kings, which can get confusing because our English Bible has first and second kings, the Vulgate calls those third and fourth kings. Ah, that's confusing. Yeah. Wow. So in the Vulgate, it's first, second, third, and fourth kings, and in the Subtuagent, it's first and second kingdoms. We don't Look at you. (laughs) How many sound bites of me do you have on here? Look at you. <laughs> I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> Wait. Anyways. This is definitely my favorite. Daddy loves dogs. <laughs> so um, modern translations, including modern Hebrew versions, call it First and Second Samuel. The name Samuel comes from the first major character, the prophet Samuel. Hannah. A very... Huh? His mother, Hannah. Oh, Yes. He's a very important person in the Old Testament who possibly wrote several books, and he anointed both Saul and David to be king. And he was also conjured up from the dead by the witch of Endor. Hmm. Excuse me? He was conjured up from the dead by the witch of Endor. Sounds very Lord of the Rings, right? Hmm. Oh, wait. I remember this now. Yeah. We'll get into Shout that. Shout out. Weird verse Wednesday. Shout out to that blog post, baby. That was at this point probably like a month and a half ago. Yeah, right? that About was your ago? that was your witch please, right? Yeah. Yeah, witch please. That's yep. what I called it. Yep. Anyways, Samuel's name means either the name of God, heard of God, or asked of God. Hmm. Asked. Yeah, not asked. Acts of God. Fun fact about the name Samuel: it's my dad's middle name. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, so that's uh, the title. That's where the title comes from. That's incredible. Next, we have the author and date. The author is uh, actually unknown for this book and many others that we discuss. Um, there are only a couple of hints to who it may have been, and we can go through those now. And that's chapters 1 through 24 describe details about Samuel's life pretty intimately pointing to either Samuel or that Samuel informed somebody of those details. Doesn't Samuel die in 1st Samuel? Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. Just and then he comes back to life. What does he? Ah. Ah, you hit the wrong I one. I always get the wrong one. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So there's there's certain things that point to who wrote it or who possibly could have wrote it. And like I said, in chapters 1 through 24, they, they describe some some intimate... Um, dis- they give uh, details about Samuel's life that are pretty intimate. And that points to that either he could have done it or someone that he gave that information to personally. Also, chapter 25, all the way to the end of Second Samuel, describe events that happened after Samuel died pointing to an author that clearly isn't Samuel. So like Deuteronomy and like other books, obviously he didn't write about his own death. So there has to be someone in there that, that helped him out. I mean, the the books of First and Second Samuel span a pretty large amount of time. It's probably not one person. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, it could be. It's just somebody that, well, that, that lived I'm after saying, and then maybe read some... But I'm saying like Annals. The, right, they had sources. Right. It wasn't just one person and their experience. Right. right. Correct. Also at the end of uh Second Samuel it talks about David's like historian or something. Like he has a one in his kingdom. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. And we got some other stuff to talk about. The uh Talmud, right? That's how you say it? What that is. Yes. What that is. It ascribes authorship of the first part of Samuel to Samuel. And the last section to Nathan and Gad, who were prophets that followed Samuel. So anyway, the Talmud was the oral law passed down by the Jewish people. Jewish people claimed that this was given to Moses along with the written law on, on Mount Sinai. Hmm. Um, this is the law that the Pharisees followed, which Jesus rejected. It was written down around 500 AD. Jesus might have rejected the authority of the Talmud, but that doesn't mean it necessarily isn't historically accurate um, or erroneous. Uh, you know, we can we can get something out of there, right? It, it tells us something, and they definitely contributed the first part of it to to uh, Samuel. So that says something about it. Mm. And um, um, there are a couple of clues that give us a time frame of when it was written. 
He lived after King Solomon's reign. The writer. The writer. Yeah. Yeah. The writer lived after King Solomon's reign and the division of the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. We know because there's a reference to Ziklag, which he said was a Philistine city that has belonged to the king of Judah to this day. And that was 1 Samuel 27, 6. This also makes it seem like the writer predated the exile of at least the southern kingdom since Ziklag still belonged to the kings of Judah. Mm. Yeah, so it wasn't taken by uh, Babylon yet. So mm. this was written pretty far after the events then. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some, yeah. Somewhat. I mean, yeah. like a few genera, Two mm, generations. Yeah, a couple, couple genos. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. The second thing is that there are several other references to Israel and Judah. And that's in um, chapters 11, chapter 17, 18, sec- 2 Samuel 5, 5, uh, uh, 2 Samuel 11, 12, 19, 24. Uh, we see Israel a lot and Judah a lot. So um, it appears that the writer of at least a section after 1 Samuel 25 lived during the time of the divided kingdom. Hmm. Interesting. Now we got the dates of events. The date of the events. So the events in First and Second Samuel revolve around three major characters. There's Samuel, obviously, who was a seer. A seer. And he was from around 1105 or 1121. We're not exactly sure. Ryan, what's a seer? It's like an overseer. You, have you seen the, the movie Glass yet? No. Oh. Glass? Sick movie, bro. Yeah, I don't know. Or Bruce Willis? No. Samuel L. Jackson? Nope. And, uh, Sounds like it's from the 90s. No, Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, and um, the guy who played um, the Beast... He played like he had like twenty four personalities. One oh, of them was like oh. a woman. The weirdo. Yeah. Split. Uh, d- yeah. Split. Split. Yeah. Split. They made a you know a second movie. It was called Glass. Mm. Oh yeah, where he's like a superhero. It? Bro, the movie's sick. Yeah. Anyway, Bruce Willis is the overseer. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean. Anyway, a seer is kind of like a prophet. Yeah. <laughs> so to sum it up. So yeah, we're not sure if Samuel was born in eleven oh five or eleven twenty one, but it was somewhere around there. And he likely died around 1030 BC. Saul is the second major character, and he reigned from 1051 to 1011 BC. So he had a 40-year reign in Israel. And then the third major character in First and Second Samuel is David, and he reigned from 1011 to 971 BC. So First and Second Samuel covers about 150 years. It starts with the birth of Samuel and lasts until the end of David's reign. Mm. Israel was just coming out of a spiritual low point during the time of the judges. There was corruption in the priesthood. The Ark of the Covenant was not in the tabernacle. There was a ton of idolatry, and the judges had some major character issues. Samuel and David come onto the scene to reverse things. Even Saul helps the cause for a short time. It went from scattered, corrupt tribes to a united kingdom that followed the Lord. Mm. So that is the basic idea. And Saul was handsome. Are you lying to me? No. Saul, he was pretty handsome. Yeah, he was. Dude. It said so he w- there was no one more handsome in the land. There's so many hot people in this book. Oh, David. they said that about David, David. too, right? They said well, about King, uh, his, his son. son. Absolutely. And about David. And, well, David was young and ruddy, I think they said. Mm. He was handsome and ruddy. But he was still hot. Yeah, yeah, that's you hot. I mean? well, and then his, and Bathsheba his, was hot. His son had the really nice hair. Remember? Yeah. And that was his downfall, too. That's right. That He and got, that's what caught, got in caught in the tree. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, there's nice. some good-looking people. There's just a bunch of dudes talking about some good-looking dudes. Yeah, we're, <laughs> exactly. We're going to definitely get into the storyline. But before, we got some <laughs> Are fun we? facts. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? We got some How fun facts. Some How you doing? How you doing? Ryan loves to obnoxiously hit the button. <laughs> always. Always, always, always. We got some fun facts. Are some considered... Dull? Oh, my gosh. Some consider Samuel to be a judge. Um, that would make Samuel Israel's last judge and their first prophet. Some. Some. Not all. Some. Look at you. <laughs> Second fun fact is Samuel and Samson lived at the same time. 
Um, and one of the first sightings of the Holy Spirit are in this book when Saul and David are anointed. Holy Spirit. That was super fun. Parker. All right. So and now we got through that and we wonder what's the purpose of this book? You know, what are the purpose? What are the purpose? What the purpose? <laughs> what the purpose? What's the purpose of this book? You can't book? go one episode without doing an Indian accent. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a few purposes I think you could pull from First and Second Samuel. First, the establishment of the Davidic covenant. The events in David's life foreshadow the actions of the line of David that was to come, which is the Messiah. The book begins and ends with references to the anointed king, which is that we know to be Jesus. The beginning he is referenced in Hannah's prayer for a child, first second first Samuel second first you hear me? <laughs> first, sa- first, first Samuel two ten. <laughs> and at the end in the Song of David, second Samuel seven, twelve through sixteen. And the second purpose is God's grace after the time of the judges is apparent in this book. Although Israel constantly wavered and fell away from God that we see all throughout the Old Testament he had grace upon them and gave them years of blessing. Um, they were obedient during this time, with ultra results, with, which also resulted in blessings for them. Um, there's, there's so much good stuff in this book, so much stuff that could be applicable to our lives today. There's also but, like um, constant war. Always at war with the Philistines. Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of like issues. Every other things. chapter. Yep, yep. There's a lot of fighting in this. It's like a movie. Mm-hmm. Um the third purpose is you also see God's divine empowerment of his people in order to do the work that he has called them to do. The spirit gave Samuel the power to prophesy and gave the kings victory in battle and came upon them when they were anointed as king. Yeah. So those are some some uh, general purposes. Uh, there's also some applicable things and there's a lot of other things we could pull from the book. But from surface level, these are three obvious things that we can talk about. Yeah, so there is a ton of content we have to get through since we're doing two books that are actually pretty big uh, alone. I don't think I mentioned this. I don't know why. I thought I had it written down in our uh, outline, but do you guys know the reason why it's broken up into two books? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mark does. Nick, I don't do know. I don't know if I know the reason. Maybe it's once you say it, I'll know. Uh, scroll length. Yes. It's so that the scrolls could be manageable, oh, so no, they could carry them around and stuff like that. If... They kept it as one book, then it would be a huge scroll, and it wouldn't. They wouldn't even be able to uh, do anything with it. Yeah, it would look like my mom's shopping list. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> You're so funny. That's why it's broken up into two books, but really it is one book. So we have a lot to cover. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven major the perfect number oh there's seven major sections of the book the first one is covering eli and samuel and that's chapters one through the beginning of chapter four um and the very beginning is we get introduced to hannah that is chapter one and early on in chapter two you guys know who hannah is mama hannah I was actually going to name my daughter Hannah. Oh, yeah? After Hannah in First Samuel? Yep. Hannah is a sweet lady who wants to have children. And her man is like, oh, aren't I worth 10 sons to you? You aren't remember that? I worth? Yeah. You said, aren't I worth? Am I not worth 10 oh. sons to you? Yeah. Which he wasn't. Wait, was he the one making fun of her? No, that was Eli. Eli, okay. Eli was the... Uh, Saying, like, you'll never have children, right? Mm. I forget. He was like, are you drunk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you drunk, lady? And she was like, no, I'm not drunk. I want kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was just pleading with the Lord. She was crying, yeah, and um, pleading with the Lord to have kids. There was, oh, I know, there was another woman who was making fun of her. Yeah. Who could have kids. Mm. And she was making fun of her because she couldn't have kids, which is messed up. It's, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, So that's Hannah. That's in the Bible? Yes. That is Hannah, and she ends up getting pregnant with Samuel, who is one of the first major characters. Um, So that brings us into the next section, which is the end of chapter 2. And here we see kind of a contrast between Samuel 
and Eli's sons, not Samuel's sons, but Samuel himself and Eli's sons. Eli's sons were actually pretty bad dudes. Um, <coughs> oh, didn't they also grow up in the priesthood? Yeah. However, Eli really lacked influence on his sons. Um, and because of that, there was a prophecy against Eli's house. Hmm. Whereas Samuel, who was raised by his godly mother, Hannah, ended up being this major prophet in Israel's history. Um, but Samuel also grew up, though, uh, not as part of the priesthood, but he was kind of raised sort of by Eli. Um, but Hannah was also there raising him. Okay, so chapter 3 follows, and that is an important chapter. And that is when God calls Samuel, and Samuel's laying in bed, and he's like, Samuel, Samuel. Hmm. Or whatever he says. Yeah, he calls his name. Yeah, and then Samuel gets up and goes to Eli, and he's like, oh. what do you want? Yep. And Eli said, I didn't call you, and then God does it again. Samuel, Samuel, and he gets up, goes to Eli, and he's like, Eli, what are you talking about? And Eli's like, no, I didn't call you. Mm-hmm. This is God talking to you. So next time God calls you, you say, here I am, your servant or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the third time, Samuel goes back to bed, and God calls him Samuel, Samuel, and then God calls him to be the prophet of Israel, essentially. Hmm. Calls him to a life of leadership. Um, so that's in chapter three. But wasn't he just telling him about, like, the destruction? Yeah. He wasn't, was he, I don't remember, but I feel like he wasn't telling him about his call. Right, he was, he was telling him well, about the he destruction was, that was going to happen. Right, to Eli's house, but in turn, that made him a prophet oh, because true. he was talking to Samuel mm. to bring true, true, true. a word to Eli or whatever. So I guess he's not necessarily saying, you're going to be my prophet, but however, he was starting him as a prophet mm-hmm. right here in this moment. Um, so that was in chapter 3. Chapters 4 through 7 is all about the Ark of the Covenant. Um, chapter four is mainly about the capture of the Ark and there was a battle in one through 11. And then because of the Philistines capturing the Ark, God sent plagues on them. Mm. Okay. Let's be clear. The Israelites brought the Ark to battle thinking it would help them. Right. And then because they brought it out, the Philistines captured it. Philistines captured it. Correct. Mm. Um, and in chapter 5, we see God's plagues on Phil- on the Philistines because of that. Then in chapter 6 and the beginning of chapter 7, the ark is returned to Israel by God. So because of the plagues that were happening in chapter 5, the Philistines were seeking peace. Uh, they, they didn't want to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. They kind of did some things to determine that it was the ark causing this. Wasn't it God's face? Like, right, Dagon. Yeah, Dagon. Which sounds like a Pokemon. Yeah, it does. But uh, He's a fish god. Yes, yeah. actually. Um, so, yeah, the Philistines wanted peace. They didn't want to deal with the plagues anymore. So the ark returned to Beth Shemesh. And then, once again, the ark was removed. It was removed? Yeah, because then David brings it back. Oh, back to Jerusalem. Mm. Right. Yeah, okay. And then he does a dance, and Michelle is like, what are you doing? Yeah, put your clothes on. Yeah. Um. So that's the second major portion is the arc. The third major portion is Samuel and Saul, and this is kind of going over their history uh, together. Samuel's ministry as Israel's judge is gone over in chapter 7, and it just talks about his spiritual leadership over Israel and the national repentance and deliverance and just regular ministry stuff. That's mostly chapter 7. All right, so now we're at chapters 8 through 12, and this is at the point where the kingship was given to Saul. Um, Israel demanded God, you know, they, they were pleading with God for a king. They wanted a king really bad, and lo and behold, God gave them a king, um, and his name was Saul. Um, and then we have, who was a very handsome man. Yeah, he was hot. And, and he was tall. Handsome. And he was tall too. He said, "Good at his shoulders, taller than everybody else, or something like that." Huh. Yeah, he was really hot. From the tribe of Benj. Mm. How you doing? And then um, 
we in chapter 10 we have the choice of soul by lot and in chapter 11 we have soul's effective leadership in battle and the confirmation of soul as king um going into chapters 13 through 15 saul loses his kingship because god gave him specific um specific instructions as to what to do um at G gilgal right that's how yeah, you say gilgal. it and he wound up not obeying him but he loses his kingship or like his blessing well he loses his anointing yeah. um he's still i guess acting king but yeah. god's not overseeing when he disobeyed you know he's not the anointed king anymore right he took the plunder yep and that's because god gave him specific instructions as to what to do to these group of people in gilgal and he did not do exactly what god said he wound up um attempting to justify himself saying it was for you lord and how often do we do the same thing in our own lives mm. um and then we have um saul's struggle against the philistines in chapters 13 and 14 saul's cursing of jonathan in chapters 14 um saul's limited effectiveness in battle and then yahweh's final rejection of saul in chapter 15 we know that he's completely cut off um and this Going into chapter 16 to 31 is the fourth most important part of 1 Samuel. And these are my two favorite characters of the Bible, probably. And that's Saul and David. Yeah, so the first part of Saul's history is Samuel and Saul and their dealings together. And then I guess the second part of Saul's history is Saul and David's dealings together. Yeah. I, I Dude, this is like a movie. If you guys think the Bible is boring, read, read 1 Samuel. It is literally, it's better than Shakespeare. You can literally close your eyes and imagine these things going on. And it's Which so you can't do that super entertaining. <laughs> well, you can, but the Bible's better. Um, but it's super duper entertaining. And this is when David, super in chapter 16 through 19, he rises as the new anointed king. Um, and uh, God obviously chose him in chapter 16. The reason for God's selection of David is chapter 17. And the results of God's selection of David in chapters 18 and 19. Um, but Saul is constantly trying to get him now. Because the people are really adapting to David. They really love him. And they see that he's doing some really good things. Um, so Saul's trying to kill him. If I'm not mistaken, those are the chapters... Uh that contained David and Goliath, right? 17. Yeah. 17. Yeah. Yeah, that's the reason for God's selection of David. He yeah, trusted in God. Yeah. Whereas Saul did not trust in God. He trusted in himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they both have really high confidence levels. Obviously, they're super confident. But uh, David's confidence is in God. Mm. Um, and Preach. Saul's confident Come on. in himself. Come on. Anyway, in this case... Um, Saul was continuously trying to drive David out. And um, we see that in uh, chapters 18, 18 through 20. Um, you know why, though? Jealousy. Jealousy. Yeah, it was mainly jealousy. I don't even think King Saul knew why he wanted to kill well, David. He also had a tormenting spirit. Yes. Yes, yes. So the guy that's um, actually helping you get those spirits out that's By the guy you're trying to kill him right? yeah the plain lure or whatever the lore the liar, the liar yeah the liar the lore which i hear is like a harp right the liar mm -hmm. you would know music guy yeah the liar are you that's, lying it's to like me? a little <laughs> a little handheld harp <laughs> yeah yeah the liar i could see you i could see you playing one of those and chances are your mom knows how to play it no probably not it's like it's like an ancient instrument really you I guys never just sit on the couch and play your liar I wouldn't be surprised if she could figure it out at least. Probably. Yeah, you know I mean? sure. Um, She's a music teacher, by the way. Yeah, his 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 whole family are amazing musicians. Anyway, um, yes. and then in chapters nineteen, in chapter nineteen, we see God's deliverance in Ramah. Um, I don't really remember what happened there. What happened at Ramah? Uh, God delivered them. Oh yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and um, <laughs> okay. Jonathan's advocacy for David in chapter 20. David and Jonathan were apparently best friends. Major bromance alert. Yeah, they apparently. had bromance. They were definitely, pretty clear. They were definitely yeah. like Paulie D and Vinny. 
or uh, <laughs> that's the first thing I would think of. Yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, or like Nick Ryan and Mark. Is it actually though? <laughs> no, <or> like, <laughs> you know, like uh, Shrek and Ducky. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah you would you would think that. Yeah, they were like. Uh, there was one part where I I think it said Jonathan's love for David was better than the love of a woman or something like that. Yeah, Dang. yeah. So he must have loved him a little bit, I guess, because women don't really love men, right? Yeah. 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 That's a good point. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so uh yeah, Jonathan and David have a bromance. Um however, since Saul was continuously trying to drive out David, he wanted David dirt. Um David had to run away. And David was gone from Israel all throughout chapters twenty one through thirty one. Um, and you see some of his initial movements in chapters 21 and 22. And there I think he's talking to the king of Gath um, because he runs away. And the king of Gath is like, oh, aren't you David of whom they say Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his Ten tens thousand. of thousands? Yeah. Mm. <coughs> I mean, in, in Saul's defense, if these people were like, you know, they were like mocking him a little bit. Yeah. So it was kind of like giving him a reason to be jealous. Yeah. But anyways, that king that David ran to brought that up and that scared David because I guess David thought, "Oh, this king is going to want to kill me." Uh-huh. Because he feels threatened by me. So then David acted crazy and it said that he foamed at the mouth oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Oh yeah. Just so he could get out of I think being killed by this king. Um so that was in chapters 21 and 22. He ended up finding favor in a lot of these lands that he was exiled to. Um, <clears throat> he even found favor with the Philistines, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Can, can you act crazy up, for us? Um, huh? Play out that scenario for us. Can you act crazy? Like, how did David look? <laughs> no. <laughs> First of all, nobody's going to see it. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> can you start foaming at the mouth <laughs> right now? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so that was chapters 21 and 22. Um, and then Saul hears that David's with the king of Gath, and then he goes after him, and that's in chapter 23. But then Saul kind of takes a break in a cave where mm. David is already at with some of his dudes. Unknowingly. Right. Um David, I guess, is deeper into the cave with his bros. Mm. And Saul comes and rests with some of his guys. And while he's there, David goes and cuts off a piece of Saul's clothing. Because Saul was relieving himself. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. That's an important I guess that is important, yeah. It is. Um, well, the point being he was so close to Saul that he, he could have killed proved him. it by cutting off a piece of his robe. Right. Um, and what's crazy about David is... And we, we're going to keep seeing this is his loyalty to Saul and his loyalty yeah. to what he calls God's anointed um, because he 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 felt too bad to kill him. He didn't want to kill him because it was God's anointed. So he cut off the, the piece of his clothes. And then after that, he felt bad for cutting off some of his clothes. Yeah, That's yeah. how loyal he was to Saul. He felt bad even ripping some of his clothes. Um, so anyways, he brought it out to Saul and was like, Saul, why do you want to kill me? Look, here's a piece of your clothes that I cut off while you were in the cave. I don't want to kill you. You're God's anointed. Yeah. So on and so forth. So David was really good to Saul, although Saul wanted to kill David. And then there's and kind of... Saul would always forgive him, and then like the next day he would right be back to wanting to kill and him. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Saul was also pleading for forgiveness at the same time for wanting to kill him. And then, yeah, right afterwards, he'd get jealous again. And Which is probably that tormenting spirit. Right. Um, I think it's just him being human, though. I mean, obviously, the spirit so has something. And, you yeah. know, I, but we do that in our lives all the time. Sure. You yeah, I mean? I'm always trying to kill people. Yeah. 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 No, like we repent from the sin. Oh, okay. And then the very next second, we yeah. do the sin again. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, it's. I don't think it's exactly what he was doing, uh, but... The act of sinning is is just like what Saul was doing. Right. Um, So after that, there's kind of this side story with this guy named 
Nabal, 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 <laughs> who um, basically David and his men were out in the wilderness. They were hungry and uh, and thirsty, and there was this dude named Nabal. David sent some dudes over there. And was like, hey, Nabal, we hungry. Can we have some food? <laughs> Do you sound like and, that? Yeah. And then Nabal was like, who is this David? Who is this freaking Israelite, basically? And that upset David. However, the Bible says that Nabal had a prudent wife, Abigail, I want to say. Um, and Abigail came and pleaded for Nabal's life. And said, David, don't kill my man, so on and so forth. And David did not kill my man. Your man. Yes. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Nabal ended up dying 10 days later, I think it said. I wonder if Nabal and Tubal were brothers. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably. If you don't know who Tubal is, that's one of Noah's descendants. You gotta listen to our Genesis episode. Yes, yeah, so go back to our Genesis episode. <laughs> that was one of the first inappropriate moments we've ever had. I think. Yeah. I forget. Did we cut that? We, there no, was a we no. We left controversy it. about cutting it. Yeah, we kept it. We kept it. Yeah, because Nick, when we started the show, was scared of what people would think when we did inappropriate things. But now, now we he just, we is just like cut. way off the deep end and saying horrible we things. Just cut That's a true. whole segment because of <laughs> yeah, it. because of. The terrible things that Nick says. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) Anyways, so that's chapters 24 through 26. And then the end of Saul's reign is chapters 27 and 31. And essentially, that's just Saul being wiggity whack. Um, And that is the entire book of 1 Samuel, extremely condensed. And then we get into 2 Samuel, which is, as I said, the same book as Samuel. Before we do that, though. Oh. That's, uh... Breaking news on Bible Dingers News. You want a breaking news? Let's hit some of that. You want a breaking news right now? You're breaking the news? What's the matter? You ready for this? Guys, just so you know, that hum is the fridge. Yes, we have a fridge next to us that has some Stella or toys in it. <laughs> Stella or toys. Okay. Breaking news. Breaking news. I don't know what's wrong with my. Uh, what's the matter? Breaking news. Is it going That's in? That's mine. <laughs> All right, we got some breaking news before we move on to Second Samuel. You ready for this? Nope. Rapper Dr. Dre loses three-year trademark battle against gynecologist Dr. Dre. Stop. Is this fake news or real news? <laughs> I hate how you just stare at me after you say <laughs> stuff. <laughs> gynecologist Dr. Dre. Where would you make that up is what I want to know. Where would it make anything up? That's bro? why it's real news. Nick, you're not creative enough to make up that fake news. You're not. I love you. Fake. You're not creative enough. Fake. All right. You just challenged me. You know what happens when you challenge me? You lose! <laughs> fake. Fake? No, I think it's real. Yeah. Mark thinks it's fake. No, I think it's fake, Ryan. No. <laughs> I think it's real. Yes. Uh, who am I answering to? <sighs> just to do God. both. Do both. Yeah. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> it's real news. It's real news? It's real oh news. My I knew it. I knew Not it. Creative so enough, Dr. Bro. Dre sued the gynecologist. And it was like this three year But he's an actual doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was like this three year court case. And um he lost. Dr. Dre lost. Like <laughs> the original beats by Dre lost. Right. Um the oh. the, the judge the judge says <laughs> You didn't show evidence that this guy was doing anything wrong. His name's just Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that took three years. Yeah, bro. Well, it happens when you have money. It takes longer. Oh, I guess they uh, they both probably got money. Yeah. Yeah. But 
Dr. Dre was probably had more money. Which doctor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which Dr. Dre? Exactly. Now you see the dilemma here, huh? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? They were like, "Oh, we're going to Dr. Dre," and he was like, "What you want?" No, so no, do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I'm not checking your guy, no. Wow. Hey guys, I'm Nick. I'm here with uh, Dr. Dre and Mark. <laughs> we have a special guest on the show. His voice was so on point. Yeah. Do it again. Yo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dre, is that you? Anyways. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Getting the second Samuel. That's tremendous. Tremendous segment, Nick. Wow, yeah, bro. Tremendous. Wow. Art thou feeling it now, Mr. Kratz? All right, we're moving on to uh, Second Sim. Second Sammy. Second Sims. Yes, so the first major section of Second Samuel is chapters one through eight, and that goes over David's major triumphs. So this is really where you see David shining, I guess, in the two books. This is where you see him being the man after God's own heart. This is where you see him winning battles and stuff, and that's it's one through eight. The beginning of David's kingdom is chapters one through three and in chapter one is david's discovery of saul and jonathan's deaths which Mm. he was really upset about obviously like i said before he was very loyal to saul and jonathan so even though saul was trying to kill him uh david mourned over saul and of course jonathan who was his best friend Mm. um then the beginning of chapter two David moves to Hebron by the word of the Lord telling him to do that. Then the end of chapter two is kind of a strange little passage, and that is where Ishbosheth is crowned as king of Israel. Oh yeah, I and about that, that is Saul's kid for like a year or two. Right. So the people of Israel decide to split, and some of them support. Saul still and some of them support David. David. Um and Ishbosheth, who is Saul's son, ended up being crowned king and David was like, nah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is super cool of David. But however, there was a conflict between David's and Saul's supporters. Uh, and you see that in the end of chapter two, in the beginning of chapter three, and that's kind of a wild little thing where um some dudes are chasing some dude and they the dude is going to get killed. No way. And then the dude's like, don't kill me. And then they don't kill it. They don't, they don't kill him. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, just like a movie. <laughs> wow, just like a movie. One Look of, at you. One of the... <laughs> I love that sound. Me too, bro. It's my favorite. One of the um, main people Daddy that you... Docs. Oh, my God. Oh, I was going to say, one name that you're going to see a lot in these chapters and throughout the rest of second Samuel is Joab. And he was like, uh, David's main man after Jonathan died. He was like the general of his armies. He was always supporting David. He was like secret, secretly killing people for David, even though David didn't ask him to, yeah. uh, but he would kill people on David's behalf just to support him. Yeah. Like his son. Wasn't Joab in charge of killing his son? I think so. Oh, Saul's? Yeah. No, no, uh, no David. David yeah. Absalom. Oh, Absalom. Yeah. Yeah, Absalom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's way That's way in the future, though. Um, but yeah, you're going to see him a lot. Um, so that was chapter two and three is the conflict between David and Saul's supporters. Um, then in the end of chapter three into the beginning of chapter five, that is where you see the unification of the kingdom. And... Essentially, Abner was one of the supporters of Saul and who helped put Ishbosheth as the king of Israel. And he is one of the main people who had conflicts with Joab and David's people. Um, but David unified the kingdom by one, accepting Abner, two, he punished the people who murdered Ishbosheth. Um, and because of those things, he was accepted by Israel. So both his supporters were obviously already good with him, 
And then he proved that he was loyal to Saul and Saul's sons as well by killing Ishbosheth's murderer, by accepting Abner into his house, um, and not rejecting him and sending him into exile. He was trying to unify the kingdom, which he was successful at. The kingdom then supported David unanimously. And because of that, they were able to establish the kingdom. And you see the establishment from chapters 5 through chapter 8. Um, and some of the major things that you see in the establishment is David's victory over the Philistines. Mm. And that's in chapter 5. And then you see David bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. And uh, that's where he's dancing and stuff and getting naked. And then you see the giving of the Davidic covenant in chapter 7. And this is another major portion of Samuel, the Davidic covenant. And it also applies majorly to covenant theology and dispensationalism, um, which if you haven't listened to those episodes, go ahead and go back and listen to them. But essentially it's... I'd like to say a rewording of the Abrahamic covenant that God gave to Abraham, mm. which was basically, I'm going to set up a kingdom through your line, so on and so forth. And, um, he was telling David that your house shall reign forever. And you know, whatever. Oh, didn't that come when David said uh, he wanted to build a temple for God? Right. But he used the word house. Right. And then God was like, no, I'm going to make you a house. Right. And your house shall reign forever right. and ever like a mm. dynasty right yeah so he's not actually talking about a house that you and i live in he's talking about like a dynasty yeah <laughs> Whoa. um so that's chapter seven that's a major part of samuel then chapter eight is the securing of david's kingdom so they're locking it down david is the king then comes the sixth major section, which is David's troubles. This is where we start seeing things turn for David. Mm. Um, although in chapter 9, we do see David's faithfulness. He follows that up uh, with chapters 10 through 12. Um, and this is where we see the infamous David and Bathsheba Sheba. story. Yep. And that's in chapter 11 and 12. Um, you guys want to tell the story? Sure, that's when uh, that's when David sees a girl and she's really beautiful, and uh, he wants to take her in as his wife. She's taking a bath. Yes, yeah, she's on her taking roof. A bath on a roof, and then they wind up sleeping together. He gets her pregnant, and he has to make this he has to make this work somehow. So he uh, he sends her husband to the front line in battle, knowing very well that he was going to die. So he basically sets up his murder just to take his wife in as her own so that he can uh, rightfully have that baby. But yeah. then that baby dies. Yep, the baby dies. Yeah, That's so true. chapter 11 is the actual act of David sleeping with Bathsheba and killing Uriah, which is Bathsheba's husband. Um, yeah. And then chapter 12 is the prophet Nathan's... Rebuke. Rebuke, right. Um, where he calls out David for doing that. And where he tells him that the child will die, which is something that we should probably cover in another episode about God taking children's lives. Mm. Oh, like how in the Pentateuch he says, all the firstborns of Israel are mine. Yeah. Right. Uh, all yeah. the firstborn males. Right. Of the, the Israelites and the cattle and everything. Right. But if you... One thing that you can kind of rest assuredly on is at the end of chapter 12... And I'm not going to totally go into this, but at the end of chapter 12, um, before David finds out that his child died, his child with Bathsheba, he is mourning and pleading with God and so on and so forth. Then the child dies, and then David stops mourning and weeping. and To sleep with his wife again and get her pregnant, like right away. Well, that's <laughs> not where I was going. No, but I what I was going to say is... That there were some dudes who went up to him and was like, hey, your child is dead. And then David stopped mourning and they were like, why Why did you stop mourning? And basically David was like, I was mourning and 
crying because oh, and fasting right and like fasting refusing to eat yeah. right because maybe god would have saved my child's life however now that my child is dead he will no longer come to me but i will go to him essentially saying that god brought the child to heaven and that david will also be going to heaven one day to be with his child mm. um and there's a whole theology behind children dying before they can make a decision about salvation. This is one of the verses that point to the fact that God takes children to heaven. Um, but if you want to learn more about that, John MacArthur has a cool book about it. Safe in the arms of God, I think it's called. Hmm. But yeah, that can be a confusing chapter for a lot of people wondering why God would take a child's life. But you can have some hope that they are in heaven. Um, and then, uh, David and Bathsheba's second son was the famous Solomon. Yes, Solomon. Mm, was man who ever lived. Yes, was the next son. And David's last son, I believe. I don't know. Or maybe the one that's recorded. Who knows? That mm. could be. I don't know. Anyway, so that's chapters 11 and 12. Then after that, there's David's rejection and then his return. And that's chapters 13 through 20. Um. And basically, this is David being rejected by Israel because Israel is now supporting Absalom, who is Saul's son. No, David's son. David's son. He is David's son who kind of went on, went down his own path, right? And then... Well, no, this is the whole thing with Tamar and Amnon. Yes, his sister got raped. Half-sister. No, Half-sister. No, oh, okay. Okay, Absal- let's get this straight. Absalom's yeah. sister and Amnon's Tamar was Amnon's half sister, and because David had like seven wives, and Amnon raped, raped Tamar, mm-hmm. and then Absalom was very furious because his sister right. got raped, and yes. so he killed Amnon. Mm-hmm. Right, and then he kind of like, well, he was exiled. Right, or he was, was <laughs> yes. Did he flee, or was he actually exiled? Look at you. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. But he was gone. Yes. Basically he was like the black sheep and he was gone. Um however, then I guess David took him back because of I think Nathan telling him something, the prophet Nathan. Absalom ends up coming back and hangs out outside of David's courts and like wins the favor of the people it says he would say things oh. like if i was the judge then i would be fair to you and you know whatever yeah basically turning people against david and making them support him so that leads to a rebellion by absalom he gets a lot of supporters mm-hmm. and they want him to take the throne and absalom does attempt to take david's throne i think several times mm-hmm. uh, and that's in chapters 15 through 19 and then that ends up with wanting to kill him. Or no, one of Joab's people finds Absalom hanging from the tree. Hanging in a tree. Yeah. Well, okay. They're in battle and, and Absalom is fleeing on his donkey. Right. He's going through he a forest. Stuck in a tree, yeah. And his because of his long locks of hair, yes. beautiful hair, gets caught in a tree and the donkey keeps riding. And then uh David's men, his soldiers find him. Joab's men, which is in turn David's yeah. men, yeah. They find him and they go tell Joab, and Joab's like, Why are you here telling me you should be there killing, killing him. Absalom? And they were like, Didn't David tell us not to? Yeah. You know, they yeah. said to treat my son gently, whatever. But, anyways, yeah, so they went and killed Absalom, which like, broke David's heart. Yeah. yeah. And he was crying and mourning. But then Joab came and rebuked David. Yeah, he was really rough on him. Yeah, and was like, why are you mourning over this son that hated you when all these people that love you feel like you don't care about us yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Would you have? He said you would have been better if we would have died and he would have lived. Right, right. Yeah. So he rebuked him for that. Um, so that's Absalom and his rebellion and his death. And then there was a rebellion by Sheba which I don't really know much about. And then there's a quick listing of David's officials at the end of chapter 20. Oh, like all the mighty mm. warriors. Yeah, and that's the six. No, that's actually at the end of the book. But uh, this is just a list of his officials. 
His Mighty Men is in chapter 23, but we'll get into that. And that's the uh, last section, section mm. 7. Mm. Yeah, and d- uh, sh- section 7 covers David's final years in chapters 21 to 24. Um, here we see the famine from Saul's sin in chapter 21. And then Saul's broken treaty with the Gibeonites, which um, was only relevant now because after all these years, well, I don't know how long it's been since, well, since Saul died, David goes to the Gibeonites and tries to reconcile with them. And they're not interested because Saul broke their treaty. Um, so they, 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 want, they want to kill some of Saul's sons. And David agrees just to keep the peace and... How many sons did he give? Like three or four, right? Well, this story confused me. It was something like seven. Seven? Um, but when they were talking about how they would reconcile this, they're like, no, we don't want anyone's life. That won't do. But we'll, but we'll, we'll take, take seven sons. Lives. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but right? we'll take lives. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes, right? Yeah. Pretty much. It's confusing. Now, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they meant we don't want to take any of your people's lives. But when it comes to Saul, like... Obviously, we don't care. We don't care about anyone else except getting Saul back. So we don't want to take like anyone on your end. Like they were talking to David. So, Mm. you know, in that in that circumstance, they were looking at David talking to him, saying, we don't want to take any of your people's lives. Oh, when it comes to Saul, though, we'll take his. I think that I think that's kind of what happened. I don't know. You know, we could be reading into the text a little bit, but that's how I read it a little bit. Um, anyway, um, they did they they did reconcile their relationship. Um, David did agree to offering uh, you said seven sons of Saul's, um, but David at the same time did honor Saul and Jonathan by retrieving their bones and burying them in a location where Saul's father was buried. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now we'll just briefly hit these points, these last five points. In chapters 21, we see four giants killed, um, which reminded me of reading about the, the Nephilim in Genesis 6. I don't think they're related at all, but these are giants nonetheless. One of, one of them was Goliath's brother. Yeah, and one of them had six toes and six fingers yeah, or something right. like that. Yeah, some freak. Yeah, <laughs> six toes and six fingers. If you have six fingers, you're not a freak, but this guy... Freak. A freak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a giant with like six hands. No. Six hands. <laughs> six, <laughs> no, um, so, uh, yeah, these giants were killed in battle. Um, and then in chapter 22, we see David's song. One thing that's so beautiful about David is, um, you know, we could see that in the Psalms as well. His heart was there. Um, and I just want to take that mo- take a moment to, to talk to you about that for a minute. Yeah, I just want to preach to you for a second. You know what I mean? No, no, no. So David, the biggest difference between King Saul and King David was not was not their actions because they were both really screwed up. The biggest difference was their heart. Um, I can't drive this home enough. We keep bringing this up. It's a it's a reoccurring topic. David's heart always wanted to be reconciled with God. He always wanted to repent, even at his worst state. He always went back to God and said, God. I don't know why, you know, I, I, I want to praise you. I want to glorify you and I want to do this right. Um, that was the biggest difference. Saul, it was all about himself. Um, so I just wanted to to take a moment to talk about David. Um, I really admire his humility. I admire his him wanting to honor um, Saul and Jonathan to the point where, you know, most people would have been like, I don't care about Saul's bones. I don't care about his burial ground. Let him rot. But he didn't. He had a whole bunch of humility, and he cared about reconciling the situation. Anyway, um, after the song, we have David's last words in chapters 23, 1 through 7. Um, David's mighty men in chapters 23. And then David's census and the plague in chapters 24. Plague. That was good. Anyway... We are done with Second Samuel. You guys made it. Yeah, First and Second buddy. Samuel. Oh, run that back. Oh. That is it. Yep, that is it. Um, next episode. Oh. oh, there we go. Double dinging. So what are we talking about next episode? 
Uh, probably Chronicles or something. One and Two Kings, maybe I guess. Second Kings. Uh, no. Whatever. No. Yeah. Whatever you want to talk about, I don't care. Maybe uh, Oprah. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about. We should just have like a social awareness. I wonder if there was a Doctor Phil <laughs> that sued Doctor Phil. Oh, <laughs> maybe. You mean? Yeah. I know anyway. what you mean. Yeah. Anyway, get on social media. Hit us up at Bible Dingers. If you have a question about the Bible, hit us up at BibleDingers at gmail.com. But while you are on our social media, make sure. Just give me the likes. Don't pass and scroll. Don't pass and scroll. Hit like. Hit subscribe. Hit follow. Don't treat us like any other page because what we're doing is so important. And we want you to be on the journey with us. Ding on. So for Jesus to call God Abba is the equivalent of calling him Daddy.